me uh, bring us all up to speed over the past couple of months during the season of Lent, uh, starting on Ash Wednesday and then the Sundays leading up to today, we've been studying in the Bible where Jesus described himself in his own words. Seven times in the Gospel of John, he said, I am, and then he used a metaphor to describe uh, who, he, who he was, who he is, uh, to help us know uh, how he works and, uh, and what he does. And so we've seen over these weeks that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the gate for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. These descriptions give new dimensions to who Jesus is and what he, what he does and how he works in our lives. If you want to catch up on any of those messages, you can go to the church website and uh, poke around there, and I'm sure you can find them. Today is our, our final uh, I am statement of Jesus. I saved it for today because I figured it kind of fit the theme. Uh, I am the resurrection and the life. One pastor was, was driving his family to church on Easter Sunday a few years ago, and, and the, uh, on the way he told his, uh, his young children the, the Easter story. And he explained, this is the day that we celebrate that Jesus is coming back to life, and his three-year-old son piped up from the back seat, well, will he be in church today? I think he is. Uh, His resurrection has made all the difference. I I heard another story about a little boy whose uh, whose parents made him go to church every Easter, and he wasn't exactly happy about it. His shoes were too tight, and his tie pinched his neck, and the weather outside was just too beautiful to be cooped up in a in a boring service all morning. And so he claimed and he, he complained and he sulked and he, his parents heard him uh, mutter kind of to himself under his breath, I don't know why we have to go to church on Easter anyway. They just keep telling the same old story and it always ends the same way. Maybe you've had those same thoughts. I guess if you only come on Easter, maybe it seems like all we do is preach about the resurrection, right? Well, come another day. We'll, uh, we'll flesh that out a little bit. I, I hope that's not your attitude as you've come this morning, well, I got to go to church because it's Easter. Uh, because the resurrection, Jesus' resurrection, really is extremely significant. I, I don't know if you're aware, but resurrections are pretty rare. We don't see people come back to life much, right? Actually, there, there are several stories of resurrections in the Gospels. Uh, there are three others in addition to the story of Jesus' resurrection. There's, uh, there's a guy named Jairus uh, whose daughter was sick, and he came to Jesus. And, and before Jesus could get there, his daughter had died, and Jesus went in and, and, and raised her from the dead. There was a, a widow from a place named, uh, called Nain, and uh, her son died, and Jesus raised him to life. And then there's uh, Jesus' friend, Lazarus, uh, in, in John chapter 11. Uh, so although resurrections are rare, they're, they're not unheard of when Jesus is around. And contrary to what we might think, Jesus uh, doesn't say this I am statement about being the resurrection and the life. We would think maybe that happened uh, in the, uh, the upper room before his death, or, or maybe it happened on that, that first Easter morning when he gathered with his disciples. That's not where Jesus said this. Jesus actually said this in a one-on-one conversation with his friend Martha, who was going through the grief, having just lost her brother, Lazarus. And the, the, whole, the whole story of, uh, of Lazarus and, uh, and this whole, whole thing is, is most of John chapter 11. Uh, so we're going to start off with the first few verses of John chapter 11 this morning, beginning in verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. 
He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, He stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And we're going to pause right there. We'll pick it up again in a little bit. But uh, Jesus' dear friend Lazarus is sick. Uh, Jesus was a a friend of the family. They appear more than once in the Gospels. Uh, We don't know uh, a lot of details about the relationship. But all that we need to know uh, right now is that they seem to be very close. And that Lazarus was sick. Sick enough for these sisters to send for their prophet friend Jesus to come and help however he could. They had seen Jesus do many miracles for many people, and certainly he would step away from whatever he was doing to help his friend Lazarus. That was the sister's expectation, and, and that seems reasonable. I mean, if, if you could do something to help someone that, that, that you know and love, you'd drop what you were doing and, and go do it, and uh, that makes perfect sense, but that's not what Jesus did. As, as we read there, Jesus waited. It seems like Jesus was downplaying the, the seriousness of the problem. If we, if we read the whole story and, and we do the math, it's, it's very probable that, G, that Lazarus was, was, was actually dead or almost uh, at the point of death by the time Jesus got this message anyway. Dropping everything and going wouldn't necessarily have changed that part of the story. And we learn here that Jesus' whole purpose was simply to let God get glory through the entire situation. So even even if it meant that his friend Lazarus had to die, even if it meant that these sisters had to experience grief and pain and loss, in the end, despite what it seemed, this sickness would not end in death. And so we're kind of, it's not going to end in death, but it just ended in death. So what in the world's going on? We're going we're gonna to jump a little bit uh, ahead, uh, jump down to verse 20 of John chapter 11. Uh, after a couple days there, Jesus rallied his, his disciples. They headed back to, to, uh, to Lazarus and his sisters, and, and he's on the outskirts of the town. Four days after Lazarus had died, uh, verse 20 starts this way. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives and believe, by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So it, it's obvious here that, that Martha and Mary had expected Jesus to come right away. If you had been here... Mary said, or, uh, Martha said, Mary, uh, if we read uh, the next little while in the story, we see that Mary says the exact same thing the first time she encounters Jesus face to face. If you had been here, they obviously had had the conversation, uh, man, uh, probably more than once, man, if only Jesus were here. I, I wonder where Jesus is. We sent for Jesus. Why, why hasn't he come? Why wouldn't he come? What, what, I, I, don't, I don't understand. We can read between the lines and we can feel their disappointment. 
not only in the situation as it was, their, their brother had died, but also their disappointment in Jesus because they truly believed that he could have done something. He could have saved the day. He could have changed everything, but he didn't. I'm sure that many people had greeted Martha over those few days much the way that Jesus did. You've been to funerals. You probably know what I'm talking about. And in our world, it sounds more like, well, he's in a better place. Or he's not suffering anymore. Or you'll get to see him again in heaven. It would have been common for the mourners that had gathered there to try to comfort the family with with perhaps some of the same words that Jesus used. Your brother will rise again. The difference was that when Jesus said them, they weren't just nervous platitudes uttered by someone who, who didn't know what else to say. Jesus knew for sure that Je- Lazarus would rise again, even though everything looked dark and grim and shadowed in death, because Jesus knew something that these sisters were soon to find out, that he is the resurrection and the life. I, I, don't, I don't know that I can overemphasize the disappointment factor here for Mary and Martha. Jesus could have done something, and he didn't. He could have changed it all, but death came instead. Jesus was four days late. He was supposed to be love and life and hope and healing, but he was four days late, and it seemed like when he showed up, all he had was empty platitudes. Oh, your brother will rise again. Have you ever been disappointed with God? Am I the only one? I mean, it's okay. You can, I know you're all dressed up for Easter, and you're in church, and, and it doesn't mean you have to be fake, though. You, it's, you can be honest. Have you ever prayed and prayed for something and it just didn't happen? It seemed like you were, you were praying for God's will. It had to be God's will. God would certainly want this. And, and a loving God wouldn't let that happen. And yet he did. It happened. Jesus let you down. Have you ever been upset, disappointed, frustrated, irritated, mad at God? If so, you can relate to what Martha was going through in in what we just read. Jesus showed up. She was happy he was there now, but disappointed that he was much too late to make any difference. Or so she thought. Martha said she understood. Yeah, I know, I know, he'll he'll rise again, and I understand you're the resurrection, and I get it. But but she didn't quite get it, because later in the story we see that that when Jesus said, move the stone away... Martha said, yeah, you know what? I, I think in, in the King James it says, he stinketh, right? Uh, it was, it was uh, man, it, Martha said, you know what? We got to better pinch our noses because this guy's dead and it ain't going to change. Uh, so so uh, she said she understood, but she didn't really understand. Um, she, she appears to know in her mind who Jesus was and who he said he was, but she hadn't quite gotten to the place of, of total and complete belief and trust in him. And so it's, uh, it's awesome to see her say, even with, with her doubts and disappointments, in verse 22, she says, I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Even now. Even in the middle of this. Even as I'm wallowing in all of this that I feel like I shouldn't have to go through because you were four days late. But even now, even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Even even when the doctor's call comes or the unexpected 
accident happens or your child is wandering and estranged from you or, or your days seem dark and empty or fill in the blank, whatever you're walking through right now, even now, there's, there's something that I think I'm still learning from this story that I'm finding especially meaningful and maybe you will too. I don't have the luxury of controlling what is going to give God glory. I don't have the luxury of dictating to God how he's going to work so he's going to be glorified. I don't have the luxury of controlling what is going to give God glory. That was Jesus' whole purpose here. Lazarus' sickness was not going to end in death, but instead it would glorify God and his son. Uh, that, That wasn't a great thing, though, that these sisters had to go through and experience. We usually have suggestions for how God can handle situations, right? We, we, we pray like that. God, do this, be there, I need this, make this happen. And then if it doesn't happen the way we want and the way we prayed and the way we dictated for God to work, then we accuse God of not answering and we get mad and he doesn't care. But somewhere along the way, we have to come to an understanding that God's glory is more important than anything else. Even if it's difficult even if we don't understand what in the world's going on. I can't dictate to God what his intervention in my life should look like. So we have to trust. We have to believe that he is who he says he is and he will accomplish what is best, what will give him glory. On this Easter Sunday, some of us need to learn to trust that Jesus still knows what is best and he is working to accomplish his will for his glory. Even even now, even in the middle of what you're walking through today. Jesus can be trusted because, I mean, he said it in his own words, he is the resurrection and the life. He doesn't just resurrect things. He is resurrection and life. It's not what he does, it's who he is. Uh, that's deeper than, than uh, God just handling my problems, right? Or, or giving me some pointers on how to live a better life or, or uh, God just wanting me to clean up my sin and, 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 and he can just make me good. I, I, someone more eloquent than me once said, Jesus didn't come in order to make bad people good, he came to make dead people alive, right? He is the resurrection and the life. And, and that can be true for each of us today much like it was for Lazarus the Bible says that we're all dead in our sins it's like we're buried behind that rock with no hope of life but but Jesus has done the impossible Jesus brings life wherever he goes because he is the resurrection and the life he rose from the grave conquered sin and death and whoever believes in him will live that's that's what he said right there in his own words whoever believes in me will live not only will that uh, provide hope for life in heaven later on right for eternity but a life connected with him right now as as we've seen throughout this series he is he is the way to god he is the good shepherd he is the light of the world he is the bread of he is everything we need even now even in the middle of your life. So trust him, follow him, believe in him. Whoever believes in him will live. Well, maybe you know the rest of the story of Lazarus. Um, Jesus got overwhelmed and emotional in the face of Martha and Mary's loss. This is uh, maybe one of the many verses that you've memorized in scripture. Maybe it was the first verse that you memorized 
in Scripture, John eleven thirty five. Maybe today it will be the first verse that you memorize in Scripture. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. That's uh, that's that's the one. They say, what's your favorite or what's the verse you have memorized? You got that one. Two words. You got it. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. But it's wrought with meaning, right? He 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 uh, he cared about. Mary and Martha and, and his friend Lazarus. He cared about the crowd. He cared about what was going on there. And, and so uh, John 11, uh, he, he's walking through. He, he's at the tomb. They roll the stone away. Uh, he calls for Lazarus, come out. And sure enough, he did, after, even after being dead for four days. And, and this was a miracle that, that, that caused the people to, uh, to, to wave palm branches a couple days later. Uh, palm Sunday, last week, right? He marches into, uh, into uh, uh, Jerusalem, and, and they're waving branches, and they're saying he's awesome. Well, well, this is right on the heels of him raising Lazarus from the dead. I mean, if he's got to be uh, somebody special. We need to praise him. This was also pretty much the straw that, that broke the camel's back in the minds of the Pharisees that led them to move forward with their plot to crucify Jesus. Wow, everybody's following Jesus now. He just raised this guy from the dead. Uh, Well, supposedly anyway, but they're all following. We can't let him uh, get any more traction, any more leadership. We need to move ahead with our plans to crucify him. So, So Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead wasn't exactly, uh, didn't exactly lead to pleasant things for Jesus, right? Glorifying God wasn't going to work out all that great in the short run for him either. In raising Lazarus from the dead, he set things in motion for his own death. It, it wasn't pleasant. He, it wasn't what he wanted for himself even. In the, in the garden, the night that he was betrayed, he was in anguish. He, he was literally sweating drops of blood. He pleaded not to have to die a criminal's death and, and take upon himself the sin of the world. But he did. He submitted to his father's will. He trusted and believed completely that God's plans are best. And when it appeared to be the end, it was only the beginning, right? Uh, Three days later, Jesus proved once and for all that he is indeed the resurrection and the life. When all seemed hopeless, there was hope. When all seemed lost, God found a way. Jesus is the resurrection, and anyone who believes in him will live, even now. Father God, we thank you for your presence this Easter Sunday, and we pray that you would do your work in our hearts. Lord, there are some here today who are walking difficult roads, We pray that you would give them hope and healing and comfort and you will let them see how you are being glorified even where uh, they are right now, even now. Lord, I pray that you would uh, move and work and have your way and we give ourselves to you today. Maybe for the first time, maybe uh, maybe, uh, we want to renew that commitment that we have to you, but Lord, we we put our trust and our hope for, for resurrection and deliverance in you today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.